How's it hanging? How's it happening? You guys know this is Kevin from the Core Progression Podcast. Hey, everybody. It is Thursday, the 14th of July. And my God, the band I have on today, this is a fun one just because we talk about a band that has a sound that is pretty dynamic in terms of how it can be all over the place. The struggles that they've had trying to get bookings with this. On top of that, many other things that have gone on with this band and just a lot of fun conversations as well around their music, around music in general, and just around what they do. So let's get into it. But first, I want to talk about support for this podcast. So I got a question for you. Yeah, you. You got Bush. Okay, I'm not talking about Barbara Bush here, the former first lady. Get her out of here. Go, go, go. Okay, let me ask you. You got Bush, and you definitely do have Bush. Yeah, Bush. If you haven't tried the best products from our sponsor today, which is Manscaped. Let's be honest. Taking control of your bush down there is important because, well, no one likes an unkempt bush. No one likes hedges that are all over the place. Who wants to deal with that? And the products from Manscaped are so good. You're going to be showing pride in your new bush-free yard. And no, I'm not talking about your lawn. I'm talking about your yard downstairs. It's a fact that you will have the best-kept nutsack in your cul-de-sac, especially if you're one of those suburbanites out there. So how do you do that? Honestly, Masket has a lot of great products for you to help tame that bush and to keep it nice, trim, and kempt throughout the whole summer season. So get their performance package, which includes this bad boy right here, the Lawn Mower 4.0 with skin-safe technology to make sure that you have the best care when it comes to trimming the bush, trimming the hedges, and making sure that your bush is well-kept. Also, like I said, skin safe technology. Look at that. That's kind of like, it's kind of like a plastic right there, but it's not. It's freaking awesome. It's also waterproof. So if you spill or something on it, hey, no biggie, it's still going to work. You need to see what you're doing down there when you're trimming that bush. Oh, look at that light, baby. Oh, yeah. Best way to keep your bush in line, trimmed, and kept this summer. Lawnmower 4.0 from Manscaped. They also have other products like the Weed Whacker to help, you know, keep those nose hairs and those ears hairs trimmed up because let's be honest, no one's really going to want to be around if you got nose hairs coming out of your nose and ear hairs flying out of your ears like you're some 80-year-old guy that has no idea what's going on anymore. They also have products like the Crop Preserver Anti-Chafing Ball Deodorant. And what that's going to do is going to make sure that your balls down there, ooh, your boys and your nutsack, going to be smooth as silk on the finger roll. Okay, that's not really weird unless you know basketball or backyard basketball 2001. <laughs> okay, but also it helps prevent chafing and I got big legs, I run all the time, boom, I need that. So it works perfectly. I've used it since 2020, boom, love that stuff. They also have the Crop Reviver Ball Toner, which makes your ball smell oh so good. It makes it feel oh so good. They also have the shave mats, which is, let's be honest, cleanup never easier than when you're shaving on those shave mats, baby. And all comes a nice little convenient pouch when you order the Performance Pack 4.0. Or you can order anything else out there to make sure you have the best kept bush in the land. So 
We have a great offer for you to make sure your most hygienic self by using our discount code of CPP to get 20% off your entire order and free shipping worldwide at manscaped.com. Remember, 20% off, free shipping, manscaped.com. Use the code CPP at checkout. We are also sponsoring the When We Were Hungry Festival in Las Vegas on October 20th and 21st of 2022. Yes, we had Will and Mal from the festival on the podcast back in April. And let's be honest with you, who doesn't want a festival like Warp Tour again? Not many people have been begging for this stuff. This might be the closest thing we're ever going to get to it. And this could become a gigantic thing. So there are many great bands playing this festival that have been in the podcast, including Modern Day Escape, including Varsity, including our friends in Outlier, including Along Came a Spire, including Saving Vice, including Palisades, many more like Dropout King, Scarlet Hair, the original Skylet Drive lineup. There's so many out here. And let's be honest, you're not going to want to miss out on it. Single tickets and two-day tickets are on sale now at wewerehungryfestival.com. Link is in the description of the podcast, so go get your tickets now, and I will see you in the pit with pancakes October 20th and 21st in Las Vegas, Nevada. Yeah. Now time for our feature presentation. So I had the privilege to speak with Matty and Hendrick from the band Blacktooth. Their brand new Julie comes out on July 29th, and let's be honest with you. Their sound is one of those sounds where, well, what tour could they fit on? The answer is yes. This band could fit on any tour, and you're going to find out why on today's Core Progression Podcast. Are you ready? Let's go! Yeah. Well, 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 ladies and boys and girls, listeners of the Chord Progression Podcast, you guys have seen a lot from me this year in 2022 with bands from the label Arising Empire. I have been very vocal about how great the music has been coming out from that label, from all the bands across Spectrum, from some of the U.S., but mostly over in Europe. And right now, oh, we got another good one for you today. This band's brand new album, Julie, comes out on July 29th. So if you like rock music with a mix of Let's just say a lot of great things in there. Some metal, some post-hardcore, some 80s riff stuff all mixed into it. This is going to be something for you to check out. So please welcome all the way from Germany, Hendrik and Maddie from the band Blacktooth. So both of you, welcome to the Core Progression Podcast. Yay. Hello. Thanks for hey. having us. <laughs> well, thanks for being here, both of you. How has everything been? As you know, we're in the second half of the year. 2022 is already halfway over and a new album set to come out so how has everything been going for the band how's everything been going on your end especially you know i'm over here in the u.s you're over there in europe in germany so again how's it been going on your end of the world in the past you know well first half of the year i should say well it's actually been quite busy i mean <laughs> it's it's the first time ever that we're actually having something like a promo i don't know phase <laughs> that's uh as long as the whole six month basically so yeah kind of stressy to you know feed all the socials and everything but it's great to have fi finally have the music out that we've been working on for such a long time exactly so now you're, i mean you're saying you've worked on this music for such a long time so when it comes to the music you're working on when it came to julie was this music or were these songs that were being worked on, you know, during the pandemic, during the shutdown and everything, and it's finally time to release these things and let the world listen to them? Um, to be honest, we are, uh, we are, we are writing the songs um, before the pandemic starts. Uh, I, some I don't, of them. <laughs> yeah, some, some of them, yes. We had some uh, recording sessions in the past, um, 
it's because we we want to we wanted to uh, release only some singles and not a full-length album and yeah then the contract with Rising Empire uh, was knocking on the door then yeah they said uh, please let's do a full-length album and yeah we had to uh, write some more songs okay yeah. so now I'll say now I see how it kind of came together mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> well like to be in the end yeah yeah, in the end, it was like three different recording sessions that we had yes. <laughs> over the course of two years. So. Yeah, it was full stress for Matty and not for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how was it full stress for Matty and not for you, Hendrik? Uh, <laughs> Matty was writing 99% uh, of the songs, to be honest. Um, it's because she is a genius in writing songs, in writing rock songs, because um, um, I can... I, I don't need to 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 jump in she is uh, she she came from the same music style like me and for me it's yeah it's perfect everything she's writing is 90% perfect for me so it's easy 90% perfect and 10% eh, maybe a little bit of a tweak here and there but mostly it's there yes Ten, yeah like 10% uh, production of our great yes. producing team <laughs> But the thing that just surprised me the most when you said three different recording sessions to go through this with, you know, of course, the pandemic, contract with the Rising Empire, just many different things. So when it came to having to do three different recording sessions for this, did that bring out a lot of stress when it came to, you know, making these songs, when it came to writing the other songs to add more to the album, when it came to just everything around there? Because it, you know, different recording sessions, you're going to have to record different songs or you have to record the same songs a couple of different times. And it just adds more time to, you know, getting these songs out there and being able to have people listen to these and have that final product out there. So not only can you go out and play these live, but you not only release them to the public, but at the same time as well, now it's this creative process is done and you can move on to the next creative process when it comes to songwriting. So what was that stress like of, you know, three different recording sessions? Because that's just wild to me. I mean, it depends. For once, it's kind of cool because you don't have to focus on too many songs. So you always have like, you can choose, maybe I would probably write about five songs and then we would choose two uh, that we wanted to record. So that was fine for me to not have to, having to write, I don't know, 20 songs at a time. So you can choose the best ones and go into recording sessions. So that was, yeah, probably easier for me then. <laughs> but also you kind of lose connection to some songs over time. And then um, listening back to them kind of feels like, I don't know if this is going to be a single because you're more connected to the songs you just recorded. So that happened a lot with us, I guess, from the last recording session that we had. We were like, ah, oh, everything could be a single with, with these songs. But then uh, listening back to every song and of course, having uh, a rising empire say something about this as well, which was probably good for us in the end then, <laughs> because we were, I don't know, far off with all the songs. <laughs> so um, then choosing what would be a single and what wouldn't be, uh, yeah, was maybe a bit tougher. <laughs> a little bit tougher, but the one thing you said that did stand out to me was the fact that, or a couple things stand out. First was the fact that, you know, with three different sessions, you were able to not have to focus on, you know, write 15 or 20 songs and then condense yeah. them down to 10. You were able to focus in on a select group and then, okay, now we know the ones we really want to work on with this one. We know the ones of these, the small group that we're really connected to. Let's focus on these. So on a singular level, you know, 
those songs are going to have the best quality and have the most attention put to them versus if you were doing something like a regular recording session where you're trying to record 10 songs off an option of 20 or 25. But the yep. one thing you also said that really stuck out in my mind was, you know, working with these songs and then all of a sudden you're going to a different recording session, you have to bring these songs back up and now you don't feel as connected to them. You're not sure if they're going to be a single. And that's all on the passage of time because as time goes on, different things happen to us. We experience different things. So those songs that had a very specific meaning to them for you that had a very specific emotion attached to them. Now that emotion that might not be as strong just because you're removed from the core time when it came to writing that song and feeling it (laughs) on top of that, you know, as the world has evolved and has, you know, time goes on, you know, even in a span of three, four months, it's, you might've had a song that sounded perfect and it really fit that time. But all of a sudden it's four, four months later, you know, maybe the song that you were working on now that song just doesn't sound as strong as it did based off of how the rest of the music scene has kind of gone over the next three to four months. I mean, I'm not necessarily saying play to whatever's popular, but it's just that song might not hit as hard based on where rock and metal music might be really focused in on at that specific time versus when you wrote it. But honestly, we have absolutely no idea what rock and metal music these days <laughs> is focusing on. We just write some songs and hope for the best. <laughs> <laughs> I would say I understand that as well. I mean, usually, usually when I listen to music, it's just like, okay, what do I like that sounds good? What sounds good to me? What hits me the right way? And what can yeah. I just really get into? And you know, some people are like, oh, yeah, this is really popular. And I'm just like, but this band that's over like in England or over in Germany that only has like 20,000, maybe 20,000 monthly listeners on Spotify. They put yeah. out something that's just, you got to go check this out, man. It's so much better. See, this is what I like to uh, focus on if I look for, look out for new music. I mean, I, I've completely shifted from rock and metal music to like EDM and US pop music. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not even in the scene. I don't even listen to the music I write. I don't know. <laughs> so then, well, first off, uh, Maddie, how did you go from like focusing on that to all of a sudden focusing on EDM and US pop? But secondly... When it comes to just, you know, your focus is listening there, but you're writing in this in a different style. You're writing more of that rock and metal style. Have you seen a massive difference when it comes to writing, but also potentially taking influence from what you're listening to on some of these EDM tracks and these US tracks into the Mm -hmm. music that you're making today? Definitely. I think our latest single, uh, Tidal Wave, is like a perfect example for this one. I mean, it's kind of... I, I try to convert a EDM drop into some form of a rock song i guess <laughs> that's what happened honestly we didn't even know uh, if this was going to be on the album because it was actually in my trash folder <laughs> and then uh, hendrick uh, found it and said like oh we have to recall this one because <laughs> yeah. I, I i wasn't sure if i could actually do that put, uh, put that out in into uh, this rock album that we we're gonna write <laughs> Before I jump into that, Henrik, did you just like go and like hack into her computer and look through her recycle <laughs> bin just to see what was in there, or like how did you find it in the trash folder? No, I, I, I uh, we we started an, a vocal recording session, a pre pre recording, and um, yeah, sometimes she is showing me some old stuff uh, only only for me to to hear the uh, the stuff, and I said, wow, she had two songs, and I thought, wow, the song is phenomenal we have to record the song we have to put it in our set and she said what really this is dirt i mean this is old and hmm, i don't know if it's working and it's said, stylized. yes let's do this yeah let's do this <laughs> and yeah uh, it's one of my personal one of my personal uh, best songs from the album 
before. Yeah, yeah? I think it's our favorite in general. Well, I mean, what you yeah. said. Oh, go ahead. My bad. No, I, but but this is another perfect example of. Um, this was part of the last recording session where we had to write, I think, five songs in the end, and I found that quite hard to 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 write five songs in a row uh, that would be good enough to go in the recording session. So um, this is why I was kind of desperate and <laughs> showing him all this <laughs> stuff, and yeah, just maybe finding another uh, potential song. <laughs> It's like, Hendrik, please help. There might be something here that you might like. Yes. Just check it out, please. Yeah, mm -hmm, I write yep. so many different songs that I don't know. It's yep. gotta, Today gotta she help. sent me a new one. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, when it sent you a new one, is there a lot of pop and EDM mixing with the rock and metal that you're working with on the new one that you just sent them? A little bit more drive, I guess. Mm -hmm. A little bit more rock. See, I'm, no, I'm gonna be completely. I'll say I'm be completely honest with you. Like when it comes to the style, like rock and metal and the driving style, it is that's something that really hits me more. So listening to Tidal Wave, like I've been looking, like the electronic aspect of it, personally for me is not something I fully jump into. But the use, but I'm looking at like how I like went through the track because I went through the album with Julie. I went through every single track. I've got 17 pages of notes on this thing, so I wasn't gonna miss out on anything when it came to this. Oh, wow. But I put it like for me, it was the the use of it here and having it as minimal as possible before the chorus blasts us it was a fantastic move to show emotional tidal waves hitting us with regret and remorse as we potentially lose a friend or we didn't do anything to potentially help them out you know in a time of need so just the construction around how it was built even though it has more of that edm and pop kind of style to it especially from the electronic aspect the flow of it, especially when it came down to matching with the lyrics, it did all make sense and it hit on that emotion. On top of that, though, take a look at a lot of these, a lot of other bands that are in this, you know, in the music scene where, you know, they put out some stuff, but with the bands that really take those risks and try something different, something ends up clicking and that's when things really hit off. I mean, thinking of, um, even use Papa Roach as an example, because I remember on their 2017 album, Crooked Teeth, an album I really like, one of the songs that got big off it was Born for Greatness, which had more of that, you know, EDM, more of that kind of style to it, especially in the post-chorus. But not necessarily for me, but seeing how that song took them into more of the public eye, especially after, you know, it was like their second iteration after Face from the Rise came out. And then now they're going into this, getting more of that pop style to it. It, it made a lot of sense and it did work very well. So it all depends upon, you know, the craft of the song, how it flows through everything connectively, how it works with the lyrics, how it works with the emotion and how it drives that whole entire emotional journey home as we go from start to finish. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, I guess Tidal Wave is also like a song that's kind of, or that kind of has to grow on you. I don't know. When we uh, recorded it, our producer, uh, Chris, um, he was also he wasn't he was quite skeptical at first. It was like ah oh, I don't know what we do with this one. But then uh, started uh, producing, and then in the end he was like ah oh, I I guess that's actually become my favorite song right now. <laughs> so I think I don't know it just happened with a few people. <laughs> but if it happens with a few people that are closely connected to the song, and you're seeing how it's growing on them, once Julie releases 
And well, even though it is a single, but once people get their full grasp of the album and listen to the rest of it, it's going to stand out completely as a song that sounds completely different along yeah. with, I'm not going to lie as well, along with, I got to make sure I get the name right because I don't want to butcher it, along with the titular song that's at the end because that one stands out specifically with you, Maddie, being, you know, the only vocalist on there. It does, like both of those stand out for completely different reasons where they don't necessarily fully fit the full sound of the entire album to that point. But when you go through the whole entire thing and you let those songs really have their moments, then they start to grow on you and you start to understand them more. That's why we wanted to make this a single anyway, because uh, we had uh, we had just that fear that it would just go under (laughs) in general if we just not make a single. And so people would just listen through it and then skip to the next song. Everybody, every song was out already. That's a really good point because I'm trying to think if any albums that I've listened to really this year where there was one song that kind of stuck out like as a complete outlier and wasn't put out as a single and just kind of got glossed over. But that does make a lot of sense because if you're listening to something and you're more really connected to a certain sound and all of a sudden a song's on the album that's completely different, mm-hmm. you might just, you know, pass through if it's not a single because it's not kind of like stuck in your head and you might no. miss out on it. So at this point in time, you're giving the song like its proper notice so that when the yes. album comes out, people know where it is on the album and they're going to listen to it due to familiarity and then really get to feel it in the whole album scope. Yep. <clears throat> Say, you know, when Hendrik called you a genius when it came to writing, but also that thought process too, can you just put a banner behind it that just says genius? And then like every time you do an interview from here on out. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it would, it would be, not gonna lie, it would be fitting, but it would also be like a point of like, wait, why does she have genius behind her? Well, oh, because she is one. Yes. Yeah. I'm, I don't know. I, I can't uh, take a compliment. <laughs> I, I think she knew it. Maybe Prob- deep down. I'll say, how about this? Here's what we'll do. When I get a chance to see you guys perform live at some point, because I don't know when it's going to be, but it'll, it will happen at some point. I'm just going to bring a banner that says genius. I'm going to give it to you, Maddie. It's going to be like, you know what? Now you have no you have, you have no uh, reason to not hang it up. You have no excuse. You literally have oh, the banner in your hand. Well, I just yep. lost the space behind me. So. <laughs> well, that means I can get a nice big one. Or I could just make a whole entire giant flag that just says genius on it. And... Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we, should, we should create some merch, I guess. We should. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With big genius and your face. <laughs> wow. <laughs> or, wow. Just, or, or just have it say genius and have like a picture of like Stephen Hawking, have one of Albert Einstein, and then just have Maddie right in the Maddie. middle of it as well. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Would be a top seller, I guess. <clears throat> you would be surprised honestly it's like when it comes to band merch i've seen some bands where when they put out some of the most ridiculous things you could ever imagine it ends up being the top seller i'll say i wish i wish we we we, that we would have uh one of those pictures of this one shirt we made with the whole candy oh my god candy tooth oh my god that would fit that category i guess (laughs) wait what shirt is this because i'm intrigued i gotta see if we can find it on ebay now uh maybe you can find a picture later but i can try to explain it so it was a red shirt and it had like a big giant tooth on the front and it had uh just black tooth uh, i think by that time we were going as black tooth scares and it would be like written in that i don't know candy sort of font i don't know and then we would have just 
candy stamps all over it. Like, uh, I don't know what was on that ice cream, um, everything, lollipops and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. everything. It was ridiculous. <laughs> and I don't think it sold that good. <laughs> I think we don't have uh, some left. Yeah, because you gave them away. <laughs> yes. Oh, man, I would have bought one. Like they're, the one band that I know, they're from Australia. It's a metalcore band called Patient 67. Their top selling shirt of all time is literally it's like they did like the death metal logo of them like on the uh -huh. on a black shirt. But then over that logo is just a picture of the lead singer's cat. It's just that. That's, I mean, that works with everything death yeah. metal related, right? Like cats. Or, do you know like um, Craig Reynolds from uh, Straight from the Path? Yeah. He, ha he has this uh, he has this podcast, Downbeat, and he has or he once made a t-shirt, also that uh, death metal uh, logo thing, and I think it was Cult of Luna because his former dog was called Luna. <laughs> so <laughs> kind of the same story. <laughs> See, like, I I'm, think, like, I'm, I'm I think my boyfriend has one of these. <laughs> Oh, I got to see that shirt then. But like on top of that, like even through like doing podcasts like this, I've got ideas for potential like shirts to make. But the problem is, is I'm probably going to end up if I make them, I'm probably going to get a letter that said like a cease and desist letter that I have to stop making them because I'm infringing on some copyright law because I was going to literally take, uh, well, I was going to take like the, uh, one, a, a scene from SpongeBob where it was like, Patrick goes like, why don't we take Bikini Bottom and push it somewhere else? And I was going to be like, why don't we, why don't we take these crowd killers and push them somewhere else? <laughs> Oh, like come that, on, I bet you can do that. <laughs> my, my, my whole thought process was if Ice Nine Kills can get away with putting Disney characters in horror films, yeah, making t-shirts right? out of them, have done it three times, and Disney has not sent them a cease and desist letter yet, why can't I get away with SpongeBob, especially with me being a smaller like smaller than Ice Nine Kills? I think I might be able to get away with it. Yeah, I bet. I bet. I mean, there also was this trend with bands uh, copying like big logos. I don't know, Run DMC or something. You'd have oh, that. Yeah. I mean, I know bands that did it and they never got, I don't know, anything. <laughs> or then like, you know, go back to like the metalcore in like 2009, 2010 with all like the crazy cartoon monsters that were on every yeah, single right? shirt. Like a yes. date, remember asking Alexandria, Devil Wears yeah. Prada. Bring me. Every, every band, every yeah. band. Oh, yeah. horrible shirts, but yeah. They're, yeah, they're I have some shirts. <laughs> you still have some, Henrik? Yes, I have, I, th I think the ridiculous one is from Salt the Wound. Do you know the band Salt the Wound? Yeah. And there's uh, like toothpaste in the back and uh, on the back, and it's I think it's a little bit of a sexism thing, but it's very very funny. Yeah. But I have some shirts left there. Yeah. Over yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Well, see, I didn't get, I unfortunately didn't get into this whole entire thing until after that whole entire like crazy monster phase happened. But probably the most ridiculous one I have is actually from, uh, I recently got it. It was from Electric Cowboy. It was like one of their like MC Thunder oh, yeah. t shirts. So you got yeah. with, like the giant Fu Man shoe on, on the front of it. On the back, it just says, Don't stop the party. I'm just like, Well, that's obvious. I have to get this shirt and I have to enjoy it. Like, I got to walk around everywhere and all of a sudden it's like, Well, where's the party? Well, it's that guy. I mean, look at him. That shirt says it all. Yep. They are famous for that <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I just kind of, you know, just we're just talking merch ideas, shirt ideas to potentially, you know, all of a sudden next thing I'm going to see, you know, a, a week or two after Julie drops, I'm just going to end up seeing, you know, a brand new line of merch just out of nowhere from you guys. that's just going to have all <laughs> these insane, crazy things put on there. And I'm going to look at it. 
First thing I'm going to do is laugh. Then I'm going to smile. Then I'm going to get on my credit card and buy three shirts. Oh, my God. <laughs> so that's how we sell three shirts in total. <laughs> so that's how you sell three shirts. Or I'm just going to get an email from you guys that says, hey, we made these three shirts for you. Can you give a, Can you pay uh, for them? <laughs> and you're going to hear me go, <sighs> yep. yeah, see, this is this would be so we all we always have like crazy shirt ideas but in the end we have to like stick with basics basic yeah. stuff and it's really annoying but <laughs> that's apparently what sells here it always have to be it has to be like hip and artsy and whatever <laughs> well i mean you can always you always have to you're always going to want something that's going to be more the basic stuff as well because it's going to appeal to a much wider audience and yeah. even think about this too it's like you have some it's a little bit more basic it's going to appeal it's going to be easily more wearable out certain yes. places where Definitely. you know if i'm gonna like i'll put it this way no i no one expects me to wear like if i go to work if i ever go to the office or before the pandemic i did go in the office most people you know probably weren't big of me you know wearing all those crazy ice nine kills t-shirts i still did it though and i still got away with it because yeah. you know no you know people are gonna see you know mickey mouse's freddy krueger and they're gonna laugh because you know hey it's except the one person that's like oh my god that's not what mickey is it's family friendly ah! but <laughs> but it's like if i wore you know like a regular old rise against t-shirt you know, like no one batted an eye because it just seemed normal but so it does make sense where you want to have like, I'd say have a healthy mix of both where it's like, maybe have one, yeah. just like every merch drop or everything that you do, just, you know, have the basic stuff because you know, that's what sells, but try something new, maybe with one or two shirts, just every single time, just to try something completely different, completely wacky, because you never know when one of those crazy ideas might just hit. Yeah, that's true. I mean, we have these uh, little stamps on the uh, cover art of Julie, so I think we're going to stick with these for now, are we? <laughs> if you want. <laughs> <laughs> well, who knows what those stamps might end up creating. You might get something that's just like, you know, simple, artsy, have a little more of like that pastel flow to it, given the album cover. Yeah. But you might make a kind of wacky cartoony and all of a sudden all those little four things that are on each of those stamps. Oh, yeah, they, I mean... They might they might grow arms and legs and start firing lasers at each other. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, Henny had this idea of uh, creating a tidal wave shirt. I don't know if you've seen the video, but it's the whole Ghostbusters uh, theme in the end. And um, we even made patches, like with an ice cream and a, like a logo thing. And uh, like crossed out ice cream and having the black tooth shit. Maybe, maybe create a shirt like this. <laughs> maybe do something that kind of has that like uniform look to it has the mm -hmm. patch on there or just have I mean, the that'd giant, be funny. or just have the yeah. giant patch in front yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean there's definitely potential for it. with that i would definitely you know especially before the album comes out kind of see you know how the song is being you know handled how people are really responding to it how people respond to it once the album comes out and then maybe look at how to do something off of that because it is a great idea but again you know now i'm starting to come with my business mind because i did go to school for economics so i kind of understand some of this stuff where it's you know i don't want you to jump fully into this 
if it's like, okay, this, you know, is we're going this blind and this definitely might not work. But if there's definitely going to be some intrigue around there, if there's definitely going to be a lot of viewership and a lot of listenership around that song, then definitely go for something like it. Because <laughs> not only are you hitting on that, like, especially with title, it being such a different song, not only are you hitting on that difference and you're focusing in on that, but you're also doing something creative around there that people that might not necessarily be into the song, all of a sudden they see that shirt, you know, Who's not going to want a shirt that has a big giant like ice cream symbol on it that slashed down and has the black tooth logo over it? Yeah. <laughs> we'll see Let, about that. Let's be real because I would definitely buy one of those. All right. <laughs> I'm, I mean, that's what's going to happen. All of a sudden, you know, two weeks after the album release, I'm going to see a post on like Instagram or something, see that shirt pop up. And then literally I'm just going to reach my pocket. Credit card comes out. <laughs> done. I can expect it in three weeks Sweet. because of international yeah. shipping. <laughs> <clears throat> it's okay. We're, I'll wear it to work one day. Sweet. <laughs> and I'll be like, I'll let you know. And I'll be like, who the, what band is that? I'm going to be like, oh, let me show you. <laughs> so now jumping a little bit more into Julie and everything, especially for the first half of the year, because, you know, now we're through the first half of the year. Second year, you're going to be doing a lot of things with the album release. So, what were you doing, you know, first half of your album release wise? Because I was trying to see if I could find, you know, anything when it came to, you know, live music touring. How much were you supporting this album and, you know, really prepping it in a live music setting before the release of it? Do you want to talk about it? You can go for it. Oh. <laughs> So yeah, the whole life situation is still a bit funny for us because we're now in that place where we don't want to take shitty gig options anymore. <laughs> but also we have to, uh, you know, really focus on the whole booking situation. Then we had the pandemic, so we uh, didn't know what was going on in this year. And we were kind of busy with the whole um, promo stuff on the whole social media side of things. And um we have some shows planned. We had some shows planned, uh, which is cool, of course. But um, we have to go a little bit more into the whole booking uh, thing. We just uh, had a, an opportunity coming up, and so for the future, that's yeah, that's more like a thing for the future for us at the moment. Maybe around like uh, spring or yeah, early twenty twenty three. But um, for now, we're just sticking with uh, with some single geeks. Also okay. very hot. Also very hot because uh, the pandemic ends. Uh, every location <laughs> is literally sold out. Yeah, with ev right? Every band, every band is touring, and with a I would say starting band like us, it's very hard to jump in some lineups. It's very difficult I, at the moment. I mean, honestly, we were planning something for like September, but yeah, everything was full already. So uh, all the clubs are packed with bands, of course, which is great again. But uh, yeah. And that's something also like when it comes to just everyone trying to tour, we're seeing that over here in the United States as well, where it's, you know, in, in March and April, it was like I was going to two, three shows sometime a week. And don't get me wrong, as a fan, I absolutely love it. You know, live music is back. I'm able to go into these shows and all of a sudden, you know, I come out of these shows sweaty as all hell, feeling a little <laughs> beat up because, you know, sometimes mosh pits get a little, little too, you know, much fun. 
and you know all of a sudden you're seen knocked loose and you literally get knocked loose that's just the mm-hmm. fun of it but it also came down to um everyone's trying to tour at the exact same time because everyone's on the shelf for over a year almost a year and a half no. now everyone's able to get back out play live music no restrictions and not only that because of the but because of the pandemic the amount of supply of venues all over in all over the world end up shortening because places closed down due to the fact that you know they had no one coming in for a year year and a half and financially it just didn't make sense anymore for them to continue on so i do understand the problem that you're having when it comes to trying to get you know some of these shows where everyone's trying to go there so you have to compete with other bands for those slots on top of that as well now with the fact that you are signed to a rising empire i understand you know where you're coming from too because you know you want to, you don't want to be playing those, you know, super duper small shows where, or some of those bad shows. It's like, you want to be playing shows where, you know, you're going to be, you're going to make sure that you have, you know, a good amount of people that are going to attend each show. If it's you, that's the headliner. Or, you know, now that you are a fully signed band that you are going to be able to use that to hopefully get on some, like some opening slots on some larger tours with some other bands that very well might be on the same record label as you are, because don't get me wrong. The record label you're on with the Rising Empire. It's like every time I, I talk to one of the bands that's on the label, it's like they're touring with another band from Rising Empire. And I get angry because I'm over here and I can't go and see it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> but yeah, this is this is another thing, by the way. Uh, the whole timing of the announcement of us signing with the Rising was also a big issue because, I mean, it was in, I think, February, right? That's, that was when You Never Know came out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so all the, you know, festivals were already booked and everything. So without a label, it's a different story than when you're on a label. So, yeah, (laughs) that was another thing. It's like timing. But next year, I think we're going to be a bit more active in festivals. (laughs) Hopefully. Yeah, festival summer. <laughs> I'll say you should just with the sheer number of festivals. It's like every single weekend I'm seeing so many different people post up all over all over Europe, just like with all these different festivals they're going to. Because I've got a couple of friends that are over there, and it's like every single weekend they're at a, a new festival, whether they're in Germany, whether they're in the Czech Republic, whether they're in Austria, yeah. whether they're in England, whether they're in France. I'm just like, my God. Why I should go over the Europe in, in summer and just spend the whole summer there, you know, just work on this stuff during the weekend, yeah. all of a sudden weekend. Yep, I'm going to be at these festivals and I'm going to be moshing with European crowds and hope to God I don't die. But uh, we'll see what happens <laughs> because if I do, at least I went out happy. That's what matters to me. But when yep. it comes to timing as well, you it definitely could have been better timing for the 2022 festival season. However, you know, I would put it this way. Bad timing in this instance is better than nothing at all because... Now you have the support behind there from Horizon Empire. Yeah. You have Julie coming out with them, supporting it as well. On top of that, you never know what might happen, you know, especially with maybe something happens over um, over the next like month or two where there's a tour that's going on and a band has to drop out from an opening slot for some reason. And all of a sudden, going all across here, boom, here's Blacktooth right there. Yeah. And they fit in perfectly with whatever lineup really can come through for that opening slot because – you know, your music can have so much of different dynamics to it with a song like Tyler. Then you got, you know, you never know, Pulse, you've got Body Bag. And there's so many other things that you can do with some of these songs to just work within a fest- or a tour lineup to lead to the next band and keep that energy flowing for the crowd. So it's just 
the show works continuously so the show feels like a full cohesive unit and it doesn't feel like you know the energy starts out here and then just shoots right up and then you know that first band seems like it's really low no 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 that energy keeps feeling like it's either rising or continuing to go so that gradual increase people remember that people feel that and then people remember the band's name because it's like hey I remember the show. That band started out. We got in the groove with everything. We were feeling really good. Next band went on. Groove kept going. We keep feeling good. All of a sudden, here comes the headliner. And that's when everything went nuts. Like, <laughs> I, like you remember the bands that are on those bills. Definitely. But this is uh, and actually funny that you're pointing this out because this is something we're actually having trouble with because lots of people, like, from the whole business, uh, having tr- are having trouble where to place us, really. <laughs> genre wise i don't know <laughs> so they're always like i don't really know if i could put you on tour with this and that but honestly we played so many gigs with different genres of bands that we were supporting and it kind of always fit <laughs> i don't know <laughs> like um a few weeks ago we played that festival we were like co-headlining this smaller festival and um we had to play after a yeah a german punk band that's been around forever like it's just it was like we, we were all like oh my god this is gonna be so hard like the whole crowd was more like on the punk side of things but then actually it worked out so <laughs> this is i i mean we see it more like as a potential because we can't fit into any different scene just like you said you have like rock we have like metal we have pop elements i don't know it's just it just fits <laughs> Well, I'm going to throw two things at you from that aspect. And one is um, I've seen some shows this year where the lineups, it seems like, you know, I look at them. I'm like, how in the hell does this make sense? And this is the perfect one. It was, I forgot the band that opened the show, but the second band up was Kubla Khan. So that's oh, just like hmm. insanity hardcore. <laughs> yeah. And then the, the but- headliner for that show was Knocked Loose. But mm-hmm. in between Kubla Khan and Knock Loose was the pop See? punk band movements, which I'm not going to lie. You look at that on paper. That makes no sense whatsoever. Why would you go from Kubla Khan to movements, then all the way back up to Knock Loose in terms of like the hardcore energy? No, it doesn't make sense. But then you go and see it live and just that it was a different type of energy, but the crowd stayed engaged. The crowd had fun and we got this fun break in between two hardcore acts and we got to relax a little bit. The guys in the pit, we got to get a little bit of a breather because, you know, Kublai Khan, everyone's going nuts. You know, people are throwing hands and you just know what's going to happen. You know, the same thing's happening for Knock Loose, but man, getting that break and just the energy flow, it still fits. So getting on something like that and you're seeing that it's worked out with you and you're seeing that, you know, you can do this. The issue is, of course, you know, when it comes to these booking agents, you know, being able to express that to them and show that to them. The no. second part of that is, oh, you, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, it's fine. It's just I, I wanted to just <laughs> jump on that statement because that's actually uh, the feeling I got when I saw that tour uh, thing from, I think it was Not Loose and a day to remember and Boston Maine. <laughs> so it's like kind of the same. <laughs> Makes the no same. sense. Yeah, yeah. But I think this is also a thing where like uh, in the US, like crowds are probably more open to this because I don't know wh- why we don't have it. But in Europe, we really don't have lineups like this. I don't know. It's just different. <laughs> I'll say maybe it's different in the US. I Again, I can't fully confirm that because I've only really ever seen shows here. Yeah. I sure. still... 
I have I've had plans for the past three years to go back to Europe and to do like a two, three week long run just through all these different countries and every day or every other day see what some show or see some band that I've had in the podcast, you know, support yeah. them and just have a good time and just be in the pit, be crazy. It's like, well, who the hell is this guy going crazy looking like an American guy? The, yep, it's Kevin. <laughs> just it's it's fine. He's good. But I so I can't really speak to that, but I do understand where you're coming from that. But the other thing I'll say too is take a look at bands right now that are you people would consider unique or just different that are not really following the grain, but are kind of forging their own path with their sound. Um, I'll use Ice Nine Kills example because you know mixing horror and metalcore together, like those are two things that like they sound like they go together, but how do you mix them together? And originally, no one really gave them a time of day as much until the first Silver Scream came out. And then all of a sudden, it just took off. Bring Me the Horizon is the best example of this yeah. because look at every single album. They've gone through a completely different transformation from like, I mean, Count Your Blessings is completely different than anything they're putting out right now. Like but ammo. <laughs> yeah, but it just like look at how that all went down. And it's just, you know, you can put Bring Me the Horizon on, on anything and it works. You can put yeah. anyone with Bring Me the Horizon and it's going to work. So in the long, in the short run, it might seem like it's tough, but in the long run, it's always going to be better to forge your own path and to keep the sound that you want to have. Because even use, I'll use this as another example. Think about Metallica and Slayer. Thrash metal was not thrash metal until they created it. Yeah, definitely. So. <laughs> yeah, same with. Yeah, same with Bring Me. I mean, I love every every single album from them, I guess. But it's also one of these bands that has to grow on me first. Every new album, I kind of have to set myself for the sound that they're going for. But then it's just awesome. I don't know. Yeah, for me, the uh, the only one that didn't have to grow on me was the recent EP, the Post-Human Survival Horror EP. Like, I listened to that all the oh. way through. I'm just like, I don't even need this yeah, to well. grow on me. This is fucking awesome. <laughs> It's yeah, like, definitely. yeah, because it's like all of a sudden I'm like, wait a minute, are we going like something's reminding me of like, you know, Lincoln Park here. And all of a sudden now this is it's like, you know, Parasite Eve was like, can you, it felt like, can you feel my heart 2.0? Then all yeah. of a sudden I'm like, wait a minute, this seems kind of wonky. And then they go into a, you know, I'm seeing Kingslayer featuring baby metal. Well, how the hell that is this going to work? I, I listened <laughs> like this was wildly fun and so damn like awesome. Like we need more of this shit. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. It's always, always, always good if you uh, hear them announce a new song or something. <laughs> oh yeah, so it, like kind of continuing out that, but like especially when again the bands that have gotten to be the biggest bands out there, the ones that have just really just you know created something for themselves and become you know these cult, especially with rock metal, these cultural icons in a way. Yeah, right. It's they're the ones that are always with a different sound. They're the ones that are forging their own path. They're the ones that are going forward and doing yeah. something completely on their own. Now, of course, there's a lot of great bands out there that have, you know, you know, done the, a lot of those similar sounds and have done them very well and are popular in their own right, but they never fully like hit that like next like top tier echelon like yeah. some like bringing the horizon has done. Right. Like I, as a teenager, was like the biggest Red Hot Chili Peppers fan, and I think I think they just fit to that as well. Like, can't oh, compare their first albums to their last albums. It's just <laughs> very unique. Oh, absolutely, because like I don't really listen to Chili Peppers that much. Like I know they recently yeah, I mean, released an album. Yeah, I mean, neither anymore. Like, <laughs> and I listen to a little bit of it. I'm just like from you know like. 
Danny California and to this is like, that's a little different, my friend. But then again, you know, bands, there's, I know some bands where, you know, they have a very similar sound all throughout their career. We all know these bands and some of them get stale, but some of them, it's like they found something that absolutely works for them and they just keep going with it. And it mm-hmm. works. There's some bands that gradually just like sometimes like stay to their roots, but just like evolve from their roots a little bit and just kind of keep that modern while keeping it to the roots. And I, I love those bands. And then there's some that just, you know, you see that progression every single album where they're trying something new and you see that evolution happen with something that's completely wacky and completely crazy. But sometimes, you know, it just hits and use Bad Omens as an example. Their first two albums were completely different than Death of Peace of Mind. But Death of Peace of Mind, I'm like, this is the American version of Amo. And it's gotten them, you know, com- to, to new heights completely. I mean, yeah, in, here in the U.S., they're going to be they're going to be touring with Beartooth and a day to remember in, on so, stadium shows. Yeah, this is so sick. We had the chance to play with Bad Omens in uh, Dresden. Two times. Dresden, Leipzig. Two times? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. With, two with times. Polaris and uh, yeah. Bad Omens as headliner. Yeah. Wait, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. So <laughs> you guys got to play with, with Bad Omens and Polaris as the headliner? Yes. Yes, but that's that's... What, what what year was that? Two thousand nineteen. One year. Uh, this 19. was when was, when you were yeah. when you were pregnant. That was after that. <laughs> really? No, so, no. Yeah. Polaris was after that. Yes, it was two two thousand nineteen. I think Bad Omens were a bit smaller than now. <laughs> yes, so little, sick to little see bit them. Yeah, a little bit. Little so bit sick smaller. to see them like touring Beartooth and everything. It's so. Yes. So funny because yeah. But they were quite young, though, right? When we played with them. Yes, yes, I mean, yeah, yeah. But but we lot. played we played before with it them. It seems so young. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. One year before, yes. Yeah, it's insane. It's so cool to see how they just yeah. blow up. And you see, we're fitting in every lineup. And then see us staying on the same. Yeah, but sometimes it just takes it just takes different time and it just takes different things for a band to just pop off again. Bad omens, look at them, you know, Death of Peace of Mind comes out. Yeah. And it was it was really when they announced that Death of Peace of Mind was coming out, and then they released the titular song. This is what has happened to them. They went on tour in direct support of Ice Nine Kills after the release yeah. of Welcome to Horrorwood. Okay, you're gonna get a lot of people at those shows. Then after then they're then they're gonna be on uh or yeah, then they were on you know, no one was really sure what they're going to do once the release of Death, Peace of Mind happened. But then every time I die broke up, they were supposed to go on through with Under Oath and Spirit Box. Oh, here comes Bad Omens to fill that spot. Then they're doing festival That's shows great. in the U.S. while also on tour within this moment. And now they're going to be opening up like arena level shows for Beartooth and A Day to Remember. It's really cool. Like yeah. it just... It just depends on, you know, when something hits and, you know, when that band finally, when a band finally just like finds their footing in terms of not only, you know, potentially pop culture, but also just the rock scene as well with the fans that are there. Because with your sound, I'm not going to lie, like it's so dynamic where it can happen at any given moment. Like with Tidal Wave, it could, it could, something could happen there where all of a sudden the next couple of weeks, something picks up a Tidal Wave or a different song ends up going off or something else with a deep cut. You never know when it might happen, but you guys have that dynamic sound to really work within that. And again, you guys have played with the likes of Polaris with, you, I mean, Bad Omens. Were there other tours that you talked about that were just like, you know, yeah, you guys worked on these tours. You, 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 you went after a German punk band, a legacy German punk band, and it worked. 
Why, why, why can't you get, like, you guys can fit on any tour. Why don't they? I don't know. We'll see. We'll see about that. <laughs> Maybe after one tour, they will change their minds. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe yeah. maybe you just got to get like that one little push. It's like you got to have maybe some one person or one booking agent kind of maybe take a little bit of a chance on I that mean, one. We had, it's we always had. like that. It's always yeah. like that in the scene, right? <laughs> you need yeah. one person to just yeah. hit it off. Yeah, we had yeah. that. We kind of I, have that. Still have that, I guess. No. <laughs> I would say, but you have a little bit more of a uh, you have a little bit more of a chance right now, and the chances are a little bit greater yeah, based on the fact definitely. that you're signed to a rising empire. So you have a lot of connections to bands that are on the same label. Like, and I think it's all said, I saw you guys played with, uh, and is okay as well. And it's like, you know, there's one that can really work. Cause I saw it happen with like another band from Jeremy called future palace, also on a rising empire. Like all of a yeah. sudden, like they went out with and is okay. Like two consecutive tours. And I'm just like, and just seeing what's happened with them. I'm just like, you know, let's keep this rolling. Let's keep this going. Let's just keep, let's just keep supporting these bands as much as we can. Let's, you know, take, yeah. take chances on them because if we don't take chances on them, we, you know, keep pumping out the same stuff over and over and over and over again. What happens? It gets mundane. It gets boring. And then less people get into the music and less people are, you know, less new people are coming to music and they're going to other genres, which again, people are going to go with where they want to go to. But if you keep going the same stuff over and over and over again, then you're limiting that potential. You're limiting that creative expansion. Yeah, sure. I mean, touring with N is okay in Germany is like the jackpot. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. they, always have sold out shows it's it's crazy there's so many people coming to their shows we played a show with them as well it was just great because apparently the fans that dig and it's okay would also you know jump over to us which is great all right that's it i'm i'm gonna put a request into the people at Horizon empire here's what here's what here's what i want I want at least at some point in 2023 because I want to make sure that I can make it over to Europe for the show. In Germany, I don't care where it's being played, but give me a show that has and is okay as the headliner and let me get Blacktooth and Future Palace on that lineup as well because you're going to see some crazy guy in a backwards baseball cap like this go crazy in the pit, might get hit in the face, might go down. You might be like, oh, is that dude okay? And it's like, oh, no, wait, it's Kevin, you know. Even if he's not okay, he's okay. He's happy. It's like, even if my face is busted up, you're going to see me go, I'm good. <laughs> Kevin, are you okay? <laughs> Kevin, are you okay? <laughs> I'm not, but Anna's okay. And all of a sudden, just yep. like, oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if I answered that, I'm pretty sure people would probably be like, yeah. And all of a sudden, all right, let's go. with blood running down my face. Like, okay, let me just yep. get this, you know, cleaned up a little bit. Next, <laughs> you guys play with another song. It's like, okay. Get into a song. It's like, all right, we need the song to drive. Let's get going on this one. All of a sudden, you see the hat walk, like slowly moving its way through the crowd towards the pit. It's like, <laughs> oh no, he's cannot going back in. <laughs> then we cannot play between you and the world, I guess. No. <laughs> not it's a weird not song. Not about put it this way, please, please, please play it. <laughs> uh, we 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 did we did. You did. Yeah. Yeah, we, we, we did one time, we played the song live when it came out. On, this was on the festival with, uh, with a legendary punk band. Yes. And it was... It's called Leukemia, by the way. Leukemia, yes, Leukemia. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's like an uh, oil punk band. <laughs> but very big, for real, very big. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but playing the song was very... Weird. Yes. 
slow and well, you have nothing nothing really much so to long, yeah. yeah it was creepy a little bit and we decided <laughs> to not play the song anymore live yeah <laughs> well maybe it just depends upon you know maybe where it was in the set list because i mean I, I know some bands where all of a sudden it's like they'll play stuff like you know they're going crazy we're playing stuff and it's just we're getting into it and all of a sudden it's like okay you know after like five six you know insanely heavy songs and said all right we're gonna play this one that kind of is a little bit of a break Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden it's just you know all of a sudden us in the pit you know instead of going crazy each other we were you know arm and arm around each other kind of swaying around just like yeah. doing the vibe yeah. and all of a sudden all right we're gonna go into something heavier and all of a sudden first that first note hits and this next thing you know it's up going we're not swaying around anymore we're like sway <laughs> and push <laughs> yeah it maybe work when the song name is called Fear of the Dark or something like that but not between you and the world hey I think the crowd took it. Quite good because they were already pretty drunk, but um, yes. for us it was weird. You know, on stage okay. is sometimes a bit the same with polls actually. It's just the song is cool, but live is just such a downer. I don't know. <laughs> and it's very hard to sing. <laughs> yeah, well, you always for complain real. about that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, hard to sing, but you got to remember the genius is the one writing it. So, you know, if it's going to be hard to sing, it's going to be worth it. Yeah, but, but live, singing, <laughs> live singing is is different uh, to uh, sing it in the studio. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, you, if I, mean, I write ev- the hooks for him, I don't know if he's able to. Yeah, and the truth is every song is hard for me to sing. Because of the of the of the air and the power, I'm I'm a very powerful singer, <laughs> and when you already uh, sang uh, five or six songs and then you have pulls to sing, then it's always it's dying. Not... Yes, it's dying. Three minutes dying. All right, and now then... I know I got another idea of what we're gonna do. So if you guys play pulse at a live show that I'm at, and you know all of a sudden you know instead of being in the pit, you're gonna see me walk up with a big giant like. Uh, like standing fan it's gonna walk right up to the front and just like point it right at you Hendrik. it's like already hopefully this will let you bring the power cool him down to let the heat go away and the power come out let's go well okay probably deal. yeah probably a thing <laughs> i mean it's worth a shot right yeah the, the the thing is, is how do I get a fan into the crowd? How do I get a fan from, you know, how do I prevent that fan from breaking in the crowd? How do I get it operable uh, so I can have it literally right there? But also, again, how do I get it through the crowd and not have security taken from me? I don't know. What security in our shows? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> well, Wait, that, we that, takes out that, uh, that, that takes out that problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, but I remember the last show that that festival we we're talking about. Um, we had security because at some point, I, I think it was during polls. I just, you know, stared into the crowd, and there was one completely naked guy. Right? There was that one guy that was just like completely really? gone. Yeah. I cannot remember. Yeah, I couldn't stop laughing. It was like, what? What the? Fu- <laughs> what have I just seen? I don't know. <laughs> Okay. You can't wow. remember? No. You spotted him, I'm pretty sure. Really? Yes. He was just pants down everything down. I don't know. Wow. Was he a nice yeah. guy? I think he was a drunk guy. Ah. I think that's, hap- that's happening on punk shows normally. Yes, normally. 
Hey, punk shows, they get crazy. You know, they get hot that sometimes. Was crazy. You, you just, you just got to take off all your clothes and hope for the best, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And then that's when so, security yeah. comes in. But then again, mm-hmm. they might also be drunk. They might be drunk, but also still have some sort of cognizance of what security guard is going to want to tack- well, like tackle or take oh. down a naked guy. Probably. But the security were very nice. They're waving their arms on uh, all I had I gave like this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was very nice. Hey, if you got the security guards into this into the show, mm-hmm. then you know you're doing something right because the the amount of times I've seen security guards at you know any any venue, festivals, whatever like, it might be, yeah, just is that like arms crossed, just stern, looking around or looking angry because you know like someone like Jacoby from Papa Roach says, let's see how many, let's see if we can break the world record for crowd surfers in this song, and you're just mm-hmm. like. Argh. I've rarely ever seen security guards kind of like actually get into the music. So if you're able to get those yeah. security guards start having fun and get into the show at the same point in time as well, you're definitely doing something right because who knows if the one who knows exactly what kind of music those security guards like because they might be bringing in security guards that don't necessarily like the sound of music that you're playing in. They like they might like you know more of like a much heavy like consistent heavier sound. They might like something that every like the softest vocal goes. <laughs> something like that or they might like hip-hop rap whatever it might be but if you're getting them into the like into the song i mean even if they're into the kind of music or not but if you're getting them into the song at that time you're winning like you're winning right there definitely just have to take it yeah Uh, i am always trying to interact with everyone also with the security guys uh, because it's it's hard for me to understand to stay hours and hours on one point like this and waiting for some stupid people doing stupid things, and yeah, I will. I, I, yeah, I interactive uh, interact with uh, with the security guys on this festival, and captain on the shoulder said, "Hey, I think that you are here, and much respect from our side." And I think uh, when you involve them in everything, then maybe they are a little bit cooler and smoother, and not like just. Maybe because it's like someone's finally recognizing them for what they do. Because you'll always hear bands like, oh, you know, giving up for security guards, like up front, you know, catching everybody. You know, the crowd will cheer for them. And that's always nice. Don't get me wrong. It's always genuine. But it's that extra step that you're doing. Like, you know, you're talking with them. You're actually telling them singly, like, hey, good job. You know, thank you for doing this kind of thing. It gives more of that personable tone to it. And it allows you to create that personal relationship with that security guard just for that day so that all of a sudden you know when they go out and they're you know listen to other music like they're always going to remember your name they're always going to remember black tooth because hey we worked the show with black tooth um you know may- was the sound for me maybe yes maybe no but there was something there about them like again genuinely nice people they came they talked to us they thanked us for what we're doing personally and all of a sudden you know now we're listening to music you know we kind of have that positive feeling to them we have that positive rapport and now we're getting into the music, you know, we're waving our hands like this. Mm-hmm. We're having fun. All of a sudden, you know, we're starting to see some crowd servers come in and we don't mind catching them because we know we're appreciated by the band. Yeah, yeah of course. Makes the job a lot of e- lot easier. Absolutely. And that's one, probably one of the reasons why I never became a venue security guard, because I'm like, do I want to have to deal with someone like me? <laughs> Not really. Even, even though I don't think I'm hard. To, it's like, I, I know what I'm doing in the pit. That's it. But I don't want to be the guy like at a venue. It's like work security. It's like, alrighty, we are not allowed mosh pits. I'm gonna be like, 
I'd have the heart if I was a security guard at a venue that did a lot of mosh pits. I'd have the hardest time because I'd see one someone forming a mosh pit. I'd be like, my job is supposed to stop it, but my <laughs> gut tells me to jump in there and be a part of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, then probably not the right fit for you. <laughs> Not the right fit for me, but talking to all these great rock and metal bands that are creating great music, definitely something for me. That's that's cool. So going jumping back into Julie, though, there is one song that I do want to point out because it was definitely the song that stuck out to me the most, and it was Body Bag. That was a song that oh. stuck out to me the most is like the okay. one that just got that's my surreal. mind. So, <laughs> so my question, yeah, you guys, so my question to you is like, when it came to writing body bag, what was the inspiration behind it? What was the idea behind it? Because again, if it's the song that really stuck out to me on the record, I want to know a little bit more about it. Plus then as people are listening to this podcast, <laughs> they're like, wait, that's the song that, you know, kind of thought was maybe the most, like the one that got on the most. Okay. When's this album coming out? Cause I got to listen to this when it drops. Cause woo. All right. I, Good thing is, I know exactly um, how I started writing it. <laughs> so I, listen, I was listen to Beartooth? No, no. <laughs> so no, I was just out with the dog actually, and um, <laughs> sometimes I have just this hooks in my hand and my head, and I had this hook from uh, body bag just in my right in my head. So I, what I do, I just pull out my phone and uh, record some shitty voice message, whatever. <laughs> so I did that. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I kind of have to make a song out of it. So I started writing the hook and the rest was just, okay, how can I make this into some sort of basic, <laughs> I don't know, rock metalish song? Um, because, I mean, H Henny always annoys me about having, uh, having to add more drive into our songs because I, they can't all just be slow and clean and whatever. <laughs> so <laughs> that's what I was focusing on, body bag. So I thought, like, the hook is great, so I can just build something around that that is a bit more, like, rock riffy. <laughs> so that's our riffy song. At the, at the beginning, I didn't like the song very much, to be honest. What? Yes. Yeah, you know it. <laughs> uh, no, I don't. But, that's but the more that I listen to the song, I, I start to love the song. And I, I don't know if you recognize or realize that the C part in the song is completely 90s Alice in Chains stuff. Like like grunge, 90s oh, yeah, this grunge is... style. This is so nice and I love it. I love it to sing it. And I can't wait to sing the song live. This is, yeah, this, this is, is gonna be this is gonna be a good live song. I yeah, bet. yeah. Oh, it absolutely will be, especially with that hook from like the because the pre-chorus is that great hook that just that was the thing that got me in this into the song because I was listening to the verse. I'm like, alrighty, there's something going on here. All of a sudden the pre-chorus <laughs> hits, the drums start to come in, and all of a sudden it's just like starting to kind of bop around like this. You're like, oh shit, oh mm -hmm. shit, this is fun. Let's go! And I'm just I having mean, a blast with it. And I kind of love what Hendrix says, like, you know, what would be inspiration song? Listening to Beartooth. I'm like, yeah, I kind of picked up on that with this one, too. Because not going to yeah. lie, every time I hear, like, even, so, uh -huh. I, so, like, first song I ever heard of that was called Body Bag. It was definitely Beartooth's Body Bag. And I'm like, okay, you know, you got the, it's a driving oh song. Gosh. It's riffy. It's intense. It's fun. And then I Prevail drops their recent their first single off their drum, and it's called Body Bag. And I'm like, okay, if you're gonna have a song called Body Bag, it's gotta have some sort of drive to it. Like you can't have you can have a song called Body Bag and have it be like super duper flowy and smooth. Mm -mm. No, 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 can't have any of that. So when nah. I saw this, one, I'm like, 
I hope it has that drive to it. And when the pre-course hit with the hook, I'm like, all righty, this is what I'm talking about. And I'm just vibing to it, having a great time. Everything worked so well into it. And even with the driving style, because I'm looking at my notes too, where it's all of a sudden, you know, from an instrumental standpoint, drums had more of this focus of them in the mix. Guitars had more of like, the notes weren't as long. Like they were kind of like, you hit them, like you strum cut off kind of thing. The drums came more of this fun fill and snare focus sound to drive against this, you know, potential, you know, in a mindset of the theme of the song, like boring, mundane, and bland that can turn into a boring old bitty kind of lifestyle. And I'm like, this is the part of the album where I was the most intrigued. It had me feeling motivated to break from any kind of mold and not let anything stand in my way. Huge fan of this part of the song. It creates great energy going into the chorus from an instrumental standpoint. So I was like, from that, I'm like, I'm driving. I'm having a good time. Like, this is a song that you're definitely going to want to just check out. And then even kind of going with the vocal style as well. It's kind of not as flowy, but it has a little more of this like chopped up feel to it at the same point yeah. in time, kind of to flow along with the way the instrumentals are going. And it also kind of then gets a little bit flowy at the same time too. The interaction with the inter- instrumental backing is what makes this absolutely shine. Because they the vocals, especially like they don't overtake that build from the instrumentals and on the mix, it keeps that feel going to motivation. The vocals only add direction where the drumming the guitars are going with that emotion. You don't destroy any momentum. You guide it to that breakthrough moment that the chorus ends up bringing. Mm. And then we have that sort of breakdown. <laughs> so I think I think it's the only breakdown on the whole album, right? If you can call it a breakdown, it's more like a that's what. A rock breakdown would sound like. <laughs> yeah. I guess. And Matty already dropped it. <laughs> I dropped what? The breakdown. Huh? What do you mean? Uh, online. Oh, how you mean it? You showed yeah. it to the world. I did a story. Yeah, it's no, it's, it's totally fine. <laughs> it's totally fine. You should drop the story, but no one knows exactly what it all will, yes. what leads to it. Because even like, I'm taking a look at my notes too for that part of the song. Like, what would be the bridge? I'm like, we open with more of this rock breakdown with some double kick transitions on the drumming, mm-hmm. the guitar setting this heavier <laughs> breakdown style that then bleeds over into the vocals onto the bridge. And I like mm-hmm. the style of the heavier breakdown, like going to the bridge, because it brings po- that power and motivation that I felt, especially in the pre-chorus, right back into the song after the chorus. It just keeps it flowing, but in a little bit of a heavier style, like something I'm used to with all the metal core that I listen to. Mm-hmm. I love the feeling of the song and how it brings things to more forward and keeps that drive going forward. So having it as like a breakdown style, but having it fit more in a rock sense and in a metal sense, like... <laughs> Yeah, that, that's how many was clapped. Just I, I don't yeah. know what else to do. Just yeah. I mean, it's applause. This is, <laughs> yeah, this <is> definitely. <laughs> it's definitely one of these underdogs on the album, I guess. So, but yeah, I think this is also fine with not being a single because I think, especially the more like metaphor crowd that we have, will love the song much more. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and like they would that- have loved Tidal Wave, for example, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Yes. So again, kind of taking a look at it too, especially from my perspective where I'm definitely would be more that metalcore kind of style fan where, you know, listening to Tidal Wave, it's not necessarily the kind of song that I go for, but I now know the song and recognize the song because it's a single and because there was more focus on it. But when the album comes out and all of a sudden I get to listen to Body Bag, I'm like, okay, <laughs> now this is the thing for me. It's like, well, why wasn't this a single? Now thinking about it, now hearing where you're coming from, it makes total sense because this is a song that's really going to fit in with that crowd. And this is a song that when people hear it live, it's just like, 
okay, oh, yeah. this is it. Very it's similar fun. to if I remember uh, Polaris on their most recent album. Um, the, there was a song called Above My Head. It was not a single. Mm-hmm. It was a deep cut. And I thought it was their best song ever. Like it's my favorite, it was my favorite song in 2020. It was like, that song just hits emotionally. It's heavy. It's powerful. It's like, well, why wasn't this a single? Kind of mm-hmm. glad it wasn't because when I discovered it as a not as a deep cut, I was like, <gasps> it was like yeah. finding buried treasure. Every album has to have these songs. I don't know. You, you have but to yeah. have those songs because otherwise, yeah. what's the point but- of going to an album? But also, I think we're quite curious about how people are going to take up on uh, if you want to say so. Because so this is something that we always tend to do. Like we did it with the last album, although uh, it was like a power ballad that we put on the last album. But we always kind of have this thing where we put a total fucking 80 song on a <laughs> on one of our albums. So <laughs> putting up that Motley Crue style riff <laughs> for if you want to say so. So we're really, really curious <laughs> how people are going to take that, <laughs> especially the whole metalcore scene. <laughs> well, but this is one of the best songs of the album. It's a fact. <laughs> that's, that's your opinion. <laughs> no, it's the truth. Okay. Well, I mean, not, again, even though I'm definitely more part of that metalcore crowd at the moment with my with my favorite genres being like that hard rock, punk rock, metalcore, some post-hardcore stuff. I grew up with the stuff that my dad was listening to, which included Rush, Van Halen, ZZ Top, oh, yeah. and Poison. Oh, yeah. So literally, wow. right away when listening to If You Want to Say So, like right from the beginning, like I picked up on that right away. It was like... But like 80s rock feel that had like an 80s rock and outlaw rock kind of feel. So mm-hmm. I love how it opened with that. And the guitar and the drums to pick up that pace order to make us feel like, you know, we're not going to try and let negativity and someone else try to take us down. Kind of like, yeah, if you want to say so, that's fine. But like <laughs> having that like outlaw feel to it had more of this individual aspect to it too. Some of like that 80s drive at the same time. The vocals and construction of the drumming and the lower guitar chugs that happened in the pre-chorus had such a great flow of them that it feels like, you know, we're building up in the momentum to break away from that negativity that people are like, hey, you know, you're trying to put me down. Yeah, if you want to say so, whatever kind of stuff. But after that with the chorus, man, the vocals having more of this fast to long structure and the drums slowing and pace ever so lightly, it takes the energy and the motivation kind of like, it takes it to like, you know what? Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> like, you can't stop me. It keeps that outlaw feel kind of going. It feels like, you know, at first, you know, it's like we're kind of, you know, we're actively like, yeah, we're going to break from this. But as the song kind of drops in the chorus, it's just you're kind of realizing like, oh, I kind of had this all along. You just had to, you know, pull it out of me somehow. Yeah. So it has an 80s rock outlaw kind of feel to just break through that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it definitely starts out the album. I'm like, uh, wasn't expecting that. No, but (laughs) it works. It works. That's what we were gonna aim for. <laughs> like yes. people were like, Fresh. "What is this? Is this back to? <laughs> Did I just put on the album, or is this something else?" <laughs> I think uh, our producer, our other producer, Yurian, called this the Shine Down song of Black yes. <laughs> That actually kind of makes sense. It's like a sh- there's there's another song. It kind of like just the drive of it kind of reminded me of. It was a song by a smaller band here in the U.S. called The Protest. They have a song called Welcome to the Freak Show. And it oh. kind of had, like, the flow of it, kind of, like, the idea behind it. Like, it kind of reminded me of that, especially going through. I was like, again, it's a much smaller band. I think they have some, like, 15,000 Spotify monthly listeners at this point. Oh, my God. I, they're above us now, I guess. <laughs> yes. 
for for, <laughs> yes, for now. Once once for Julie now. <laughs> once Julie drops, different story. Yeah, probably. Because then you're gonna get the, you're gonna get people listening, be like, okay, you know, all of a sudden more people listen to Tidal Wave. It's like, all right, then you know, the metalcore crowd, people like me, it's like, where's our song? And all of a sudden, Body Bag comes out, and it's just, yeah, we got it. We're good. We're listening to this song. We're listening to the rest of the album. We're gonna be good. We're all gonna find something that we really like on this album because it's dynamic. And then we're gonna see this stuff perform live, hopefully soon. And then all of a sudden, you know, you guys can play Body Bag, and we're all just gonna be having a having a blast oh. in there with that drive of it, just like, yeah. Oh, I, I hope so, because it needs to be there. <laughs> We're going to play it live soon. Play it live soon. So one more question for the both of you. Of course, with Julie coming out on July 29th, just I want to see some of the predictions from both of you. What's your prediction for what this album is going to do for the band? I just want to get a little bit of a prediction so that, you know, potentially we can look back at this in a year and see how accurate you are. Or how much oh, you God. undersold yourselves. We're always underselling ourselves, <laughs> I guess. <clears throat> yes. Every time. We're, we're good at this. We always think like we're like this small. <laughs> yeah. So you have yeah. you have to if if you if you um, reach for something or point for something, you have to uh, tell your soul. That's it, I I guess. You are a little band. You have to do everything. Yeah, we're so I don't it. know. What's our prediction? Where we send? Hopefully, we're gonna have a tour coming up yes. <laughs> at some it, point. Yeah, and more contacts for the future, maybe. Yeah, that's definitely a thing to have like a foot in the door, you know, yeah, with this yeah. as the first album, a first album that's actually gonna, I don't know, do something for us. Hopefully, yeah. like have a fan base, yeah, a real fan, a fan base. base. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. probably bigger than 20 people. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Oh, come on, guys. You know it's already bigger than 20 people. You know that. See, but so, but this is what we do. We always make us smaller than we are. <laughs> All right. So essentially what I got from the prediction was this is going to be the album that really gets Blacktooth's foot in the door in terms yes. of more tours and you know more of a fan base kind of thing. So King is a big big thing yeah. that we need yeah. right now yeah but the thing that makes me think that you know you're not only gonna achieve this idea of like you know getting your foot in the door with you know certain things with booking certain things with different you know with different fans and everything different artists the thing that makes me think that this is going to be bigger than that is something that Hendrix said where it's just you know you know it's kind of like you still it's like you still got to do all this stuff you still got to focus in on it you still got to just drive forward on it and still got to kind of do it all yourself in a way kind of still having that underdog mentality of it's still on us. Like we still got to make this happen. Yeah, sure. You guys got signed to a rising empire. That's great. And all. don't get me wrong. That's a fantastic achievement, but still having this mindset of, you know, we still have to do so many things for ourselves. Mm -hmm. It just adds to, you know, the creativity of everything. It adds to the fact that as the world evolves, as social media evolves, as new oh, yeah. things come up, as whatever the next thing is going to be after TikTok, whatever's going to be the next thing that blows up because, I mean, oh, think about no. it. I, I, know, I know. Hopefully, I mean, hopefully it doesn't like go further down the TikTok route though. But what I'm saying is like whenever the next thing comes out, it's you're already kind of focused in on, you know, we're going to, we have to do whatever we can do to make this happen. So whenever that next thing comes out, you can potentially be the early movers on it 
with that mentality. And then all of a sudden, oh, you know, I, I don't know. I might call it WeWo or something like that. I don't know. But mm. just use it as an example. All of a sudden, you're the first big, your first band out of WeWo and you figure out how to, you know, use it the right, like the, the way that everyone, you know, really gets that attention. Next thing you know, you got 35 million followers on this thing called WeWo. And all of a sudden, now you're touring alongside Bring Me the Horizon because everyone wants to see you based off the content. The fact that you have the mentality of we have to do what we have to do, we're going to put all the effort into it because this is what we want to do, that that underdog mentality puts you so far above and ahead because when things happen in the world, you're able to work with them and you're able to constantly drive forward them instead of saying, well, we're just going to rest on what we've done. No, it's what can we still do to become better? Yeah. I mean, we're still trying to figure out how to use TikTok and Instagram like in the right way. It's so hard. It's so hard to have all this content going on for such a long time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, starting from February and now moving on, it's <laughs> very time consuming. Yeah. One of oh. our biggest topic at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> Social media is not, not so easy if you have to do. Because some of, some of us are a little older. Not including me, but <laughs> I'm I'm in that middle position where you would call me somewhat like a digital native, and all the others are not. <laughs> I'll Boy, say you, you always say it's tough for you. So <laughs> yes, <laughs> just to be honest, is. yeah. <laughs> but it's not. It's not that I'm not technical uh, into it, but it's for me. It's a mindset thing. I can't. Yeah, mindset can't thing. It. It's... Some sometimes to 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 post some content with sense. Uh, and the last the last content I posted was I had a I had a, a long black hair and did it like a wig, 80s yeah. heavy metal. Yeah. And, and Matty loves it. <laughs> I did it well. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm quite critical. But if you have to, if you have to, it's very hard for me really yeah Un understandable and i totally understand that idea as well because like even with the podcast with the amount of content oh, that yeah. i'm trying to produce for this at some point in time just to hit as many potential people as possible yeah it's um it's time consuming sometimes it's not as it's not fun it's it's tedious mm -hmm. because all of a sudden you put that stuff out there and you're like well i put so much time in this why aren't people watching this why aren't people you know you know actually seeing this kind of thing it can yeah. get disheartening but it's also at the same point in time it's it's the world we live in it's the game we have to play it's what we have yeah. to do it's like i didn't want to get on tiktok but i had to yeah, yeah, same with us. <laughs> yes. I guess when uh, Arising said, maybe do TikTok, we were all like, oh my God, please, please I'm, don't I'm, make us. Yeah. But yeah, got to do what you got to do. Got to do what you got to do. And again, having that mindset of you have, like, we got to do this and you know, even though, you, even though we don't want to do some of this stuff, or even though it's like, you know, we don't get some of this stuff, but we have the drive, we have the dream to make sure that this band is what we want to do. We make sure this band is going to be successful the way we want to be successful. We're going to do what it takes to make sure that we figure this out, make sure that we understand where this is going and do the best possible so that we put ourselves in the best position possible to succeed. So that when Julie comes out, not only do we get our foot in the door, but we pry that door wide open and we show everybody that, hey, you think that our band doesn't belong on the bill? <laughs> think again. Yeah, that'd be awesome Good. if we can prove that. <laughs> yeah, We'll find a way we'll to try. prove it. I don't know how we're going to mm -hmm. do it, but we're going to do it. That's the thing. I don't know how we're going to do it, but we're going to do it. <laughs> 
Well, at that point, Maddie and uh, Hendrick, as we bring this podcast to its conclusion, one thing I always like to do is give my guests, which is both of you, a chance to say whatever you both want to say, plug whatever you both want to plug, promote whatever you both want to promote at the end of the episode. So, Maddie, Hendrick, floor is yours. Sure, so, so yeah, even though we live in a time where you probably don't have a CD player, our album is gonna gonna be a CD. So <laughs> maybe just stick it to the wall. I don't know if that looks good, but <laughs> just I buy, buy one, and buy a copy, yeah. maybe, and hopefully one day we will um, have some vinyls for you all. <laughs> yes. This is the next big step for us. I'll say get some vinyls because I need to play more yeah. vinyls on this bad boy. Yeah, yeah. Every, everyone needs vinyls. Yeah. Everyone yeah. does. And of course, everybody stay healthy. Yes. I think that's yeah. a very important part. He just recovered from COVID. Yes. I'm still positive, but I'm oh, also positive in my mind. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Still positive, COVID is not the- fun. Has, no, it's not. No, it is not. But still, positive mindset, positive mood. He's still rolling. He's still going. And now yes. it's time for me to end this podcast with, yeah, three very specific things. So, for everyone listening, Julie, the brand new album from Blacktooth is coming out on July 29th. So, what are you going to do? Well, as Maddie said, go out and buy one of the CDs. How about this? If you, How about you go and buy the album digitally? Or if you're just like, I just want to stream it, why don't you go stream the music I stream it, you know, folks in it down. Maybe buy some merch from the band. Hey, you know, that's a good idea too. Why not do that? Or how about this? Watch your music videos and follow the band on social media, including TikTok. Yes, I had to say that because we just got done talking about it. And instead of having to look all this stuff up yourself, instead of having to find all this stuff yourselves, I'm going to do all the heavy lifting for you, do all the searching for you. So go to the description of this podcast. See where it says find black tooth online. You're going to see links to their social media accounts, links to their YouTube videos, links to their, where you can buy their merch, links to where you can get the album, links to where you can stream it, listen to it, all that good kind of stuff. So all you have to do is go to the description of the podcast, click on the link and click the like, share, subscribe, listen, play, buy button, whatever it is to support this band. I'm making it as easy as possible for you guys. All you got to do is, is click once, click twice. You're good. Gotcha. So now it's time for number two. And Henrik and Maddie, this is something I like to do with bands that I've enjoyed having on the podcast. It's something I like to do as a way to say thank you for taking the time to you know, be on the podcast, talk to me, and also for a way for me to continue to show, show my support for the band. And this only happens if I like bands I've had in the podcast. So this has happened to um, every single band I've had in the podcast, this trend is continuing with the both of you. So we are going to keep this rolling. So my promise to you both is this, it does not start out with if, if implies that this might not happen. Hell no. This starts out with when, when implies this is going to happen, but the date and time we still have no idea on. So when I get to see Blacktooth perform live for the first time, my promise to you both is this, and that is First round's on me. <laughs> That's perfect. Yes. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> and please, Thank please, you. please hold me to that promise because, well, I like to pay up on my debts. And I'll put it this way because I'm pretty sure it'll be me coming over to Europe to see you. There's so many bands that I owe drinks to in Europe where we need to save some money because it's going to be like a three-week wild party with everybody. And I'm all for it. You- <laughs> and so, you have to prepare yourself for this. Oh yes. Oh yes. 
Oh, yes. <laughs> I'm going to have to prepare myself for this, but I will also put it this way. When I go on, like, a vacation or a holiday or something like that, I get in, like, this, what I call vacation mode, and it's just, like, everything gets amped up to, like, 11. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I the totally t- understand. The energy uh-huh. amped up to 11. The en- like, the, <laughs> like, the sleep, don't need it as much, amped up to 11. The tolerance for alcohol, amped up to 11. Like, oh, we are good to go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Hendrick, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yes, of course. Well, so, like, we, we don't regularly drink, so one drink's going to be enough for a few of us, I guess. <laughs> so yeah. that's that's a good thing. <laughs> but it's well, like then, when, you're, when you're driving to a festival, you have this special mode. Click, and mm-hmm. you don't need sleep. You don't have a tolerance to alcohol. This is brutal. It's, it's, it's brutally fun, I'll put it that way. Yes. Well, now time for number three. So... Closing out this podcast, can I say goodbye? No, I cannot because two major reasons. One, I made the promise to see you perform live and first round on me, and I am not missing out on that promise. I am not going to break that promise. Secondly, is this the only time I want to have you both in the podcast? And the answer is absolutely not. I'd love to have you on the podcast again in the future. So can this be goodbye? No, it cannot. This has to be. See you later. We'd be glad to be back (laughs) at some point. Well, well, folks, that was my interview with Hendrik and Maddie from the band Blacktooth. Again, if you want to check them out, check them out on their social media accounts, check out their YouTube videos, check them out on the day when Julie releases so you can listen to the whole entire thing, support them, buy some merch, you know, support them that way. Look at the description of the podcast, say find Blacktooth online. All links and labels are going to be there in the description for you. So go to them doing all the heavy lifting for you. And um, yeah. So go and do that right now. Please remember to subscribe to the Core Progression Podcast. We are on Facebook. Or not, well, that's follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok for all your social content from the Core Progression Podcast. On top of that, subscribe to the podcast, YouTube, SoundCloud, Podcast, iHeartRadio, and Amazon. And honestly, many other platforms that we didn't even know we were on. But thank you for listening and subscribing to all those. If you are already subscribed, I'm going to give you a gigantic thank you. If you're subscribing because of this episode, I want to give you a giant thank you. If you're not subscribed and you're like, yeah, I like this episode, but I don't want to subscribe, might I change your mind with by asking, please? If not, I totally understand. It's your choice here, human. So I want to thank you for stopping by and hope you come back in the future. And also make sure I want to thank our sponsor of this podcast again, Manscaped, keeping your bush kept well this summer with the lawnmower 4.0. Oh, yeah. Look at that thing fly. Oh, yeah. Remember, 20% off and free shipping worldwide using the code CPP at checkonmanscape.com. Also, remember to get your tickets for when we were hungry. Music festival happening in Las Vegas, that October 20th and 21st of 2022. Website link, description of the podcast. Go get your tickets now. I'll see you in the pit with pancakes. So I want to thank Maddie and Henrik once again for being on the podcast. This was a blast. This was fun. I can't wait to make good of my promise of seeing them live for the first time and first rounds on me. I also want to thank... A, um, a rising empire because I've had so many of their bands on the podcast this year. It's been absolutely fantastic. And I do not want to, you know, miss out on any more of those on top. I also want to thank absolute PR specifically, Mr. Tim or absolute PR, man, you are the man. And I want to thank you for all the help you, you've, uh, you know, given us when it comes to getting bands, on the podcast. Thank you very much, Tim. So on that note, that's going to be you guys. Thank you for watching to the chord progression podcast. My name is Kevin. Yeah. I got the light on me now. Woo. And you guys know how I am every single one. I'm the big, healthy, and hearty. See ya! Yeah!